0: What is up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Up show. Man, summer's heating up. Uh football everywhere. Footy is going hot. We got Gold Cup, we got both LA teams. You also got the European teams coming here. Real Madrid is going to come here, you know Barcelona is going to come here, Arsenal is going to come here. Justin, it, it, it's a hot summer uh, of footy and a lot going on.
1: Absolutely. Don't forget AC Milan where Christian Pulisic has just gone and Juventus, where Tim Weah has just gone. We're getting, you know, a lot of a lot of great games, and as you say, the Gold Cup, MLS is heating up, and WSL, uh, Women's World Cup is about to kick off. You can name so many competitions; it, it really is overwhelming.
0: Yeah, even I even I even forgot the the Women's World Cup. There's so much so much going on that I'm just like, man, uh, it's kind of like it's it's a, it's a good like problem to have because we we now we have like a lot of different options and what we can choose and pick from. But now it's like, I almost wondered to like, there's too many options, like too much for us. You know, it's like, it's like, cause we we're going to, you're going to have to pick and choose which games you're going to want to watch and and enjoy. But Justin, you and I, and a, and a few 80, 82,000 plus fans got to witness history at the Rose bowl. We got, we got to talk about this. I know, I know this was last week, but, uh, this was last Tuesday. Um, obviously, we 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 didn't get a, a record after the game, but like we got we got to talk about the atmosphere and the historic night that it was at the Rose Bowl. L.A.S.C. vs. Galaxy broke the MLS uh, uh, attendance record uh, by a lot. And um, let's talk about that. What what'd you think of the overall experience and, and your time there?
1: It was incredible. It's one of those things where it's hard to put into words because. Um, it, it, I just go back to a moment in the second half somewhere where I just sat there and I thought to myself, is this really an MLS game right now? Like there are 80 plus thousand people in the stadium. It was loud from both sets of fan bases. It was just the the greatest atmosphere that you could imagine in LA soccer, really. And, I, you know, I've been all over Europe going to games and it rivals anything I've seen there as, outside of your, you know, Barcelona's, but it, it was. Jumping, it was loud, it was great tailgating. It was from you know hours and hours before the game until hours after it. It was a huge, incredible event, and uh, I think that it it sets the stage going forward because I don't see why this doesn't happen as an annual event on the 4th of July between these two teams. You can move it around to the bigger stadiums in LA, maybe you go to the Coliseum, maybe you go to SoFi. but I think that yeah, it's the the spectacle that it was shows what the MLS is building towards and uh, what I, I think this rivalry can even grow into in the future.
0: Yeah, and look, I, I completely agree. It, it was it was awesome just being there and just we we all knew what we, what we were gonna expect and the, just like everything, the pregame festivities, pulling up pulling up to the stadium, it was packed. I got there. A, I want to say like 4-ish. I want to say like 4, 4.30. I don't recall exactly. The game started at 7.30. So I know I got there like about three hours or so before the game. But just pulling up three hours before the game, it was already packed. Um, it reminded me of going to like one of the big games. I think the last game that I was there was the Real Madrid versus Juventus last year.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast,
0: lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? And obviously that's gonna draw crowds no matter what. I think that was 90 something plus thousand people. But yeah, like when I pulled up, it reminded me of like kind of like the Rose Bowl games in CAA or like the big games that they ha- they had there, or some of the Gold Cup games that you know, like when Mexico and US play, it had the same type of feeling. Um, and and it, and you mentioned like, wow, this is actually happening in MLS. And that that's the same thought that I had. I was like, wow, like we were now we're not at a point that that you're getting 80,000 people, obviously it's the biggest rivalry, the biggest matchup. Um, and I, and I think, you know, right. Moving forward uh, next year, like you're right. It has to either be the Coliseum next year. It has to be either SoFi next year because getting that many fans and be able to experience that and everybody that went there is not going to forget that day. Right. It's not going to forget that day. Right. Regardless of what your team won or lost. Um, it was a member of night just to be a part of that and seeing how far MLS has come, how far this rivalry and what four or five years has grown into. Um, and, it, and it's good. You, you saw the, you saw the, the, the excitement, everything there, you saw the animosity, you saw fans, you know, bickering and all that, but it was, it, it was an incredible night um, just seeing everything. And obviously you, you and I at the, after the game, we, we gotta, we gotta go, be in the field. We gotta kick the ball around. Um, which may I add, you and I, we had a goal. I had the assist and you had the header, and no one recorded it, but we have witnesses there. Uh, I think, I think, even, even, it may be even the goal of the night. It may, it may have, might have been the goal of the night, but that, that, that's just me being biased. I don't, I don't know what you think.
1: I don't know. I've, I've been told by others it was the goal of the night watching from the press <laughs> box up there, and Mr. Andy Diosa. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was a perfect peach of a ball in Geo. What a, what a ball perfectly placed on my head i couldn't miss it but yeah, yeah no, man, being, being it was, on that it field was like the
0: that was perfect way to just end the night just to just to go uh kick the ball around which we had we we, we didn't expect or anything and i think someone had a ball and we were just kicking it and it was it was, it was it was it was an insane experience
1: yeah no as a ucla alumni being on that field was a cool experience for me
0: yeah all right so let, let, now let's talk about this obviously uh both clubs are in a plane uh LAFC, I believe they're winless in what three or four games. Um four they gotta, now, they but tie. at least yeah. Broke broke they the four three game big,
1: losing streak at least.
0: Three game losing streak and they tied against San Jose this weekend. We've mentioned this before. I think they're definitely thinking the fatigue of of, the, of all these games is definitely catching up with them. Um and obviously, you know, I, I'm not surprised by the result this weekend with LAFC and what they had going on. And then look, it doesn't get any easier. They play St. Louis th- this, this, this Wednesday. Um, tell me about your thoughts of what you, what, what you've been seeing in, in this uh, in this winless drought for LAFC. Yeah.
1: Uh, it, there's been a, a lot of problems that you can dissect uh, conceding easy goals um, being the first to concede, I mean, you're chasing the game constantly. I think that in the past 12 games, I believe, LEFC have scored the first goal once. So mm-hmm. it, you, when you put yourself in that type of hole, you're not going to win a lot of games when, you, when you're chasing the game, especially with the way that LEFC play. It doesn't benefit them uh, when, when a team sits back and defends. Um, and that's why, you know, against San Jose, I think that they were Playing the, the better side in the second half, you know, and first half, early second half, they kind of took over that game after San Jose were dominating for the first half hour. But then the the red card to me helped San Jose in a way because they uh, decided to hold on to their one one draw rather than you know expose themselves to any uh, counter attacks from LAFC. They just sat back uh, in a you know five three one basically defended and held on to the draw. And so I don't think that benefits LAFC. Obviously, the finishing hasn't been there. Um, conceding easy goals, as I said, like simple stuff shouldn't be happening. Mamadou Fall was one-on-one with Crispin Espinoza. He was getting tormented for the first half hour of the game by Espinoza. Continue left himself on an island. Not just his fault. His teammates' fault shouldn't leave him on an island either, but Mamadou Fall shouldn't be in, in that position. Um, but I will say to his credit, you know, a, a 20-year-old in his first game back in L.A., um, very mature and taking, you know, he faced the media after that game, after, you know, a very poor performance and making the mistake for the goal, he faced the media. He said, my fault, terrible mistake from me. I will take all the blame. So very mature response from a 20 year old there.
0: Yeah, obviously that's what you want to see. I think that's one of the things that Steve Scherano first mentioned when he got back with with the club, Um, what was that? I think Villarreal who was with down in Spain, um, and look, they they desperately needed another center back, and obviously, look to be to be welcome back with uh, with the Spinoza. Uh, uh, he's killing it right now with an MLS, and right, it's a tough test for anybody, uh, not not just uh, Mamadou Fall. And you know, look, uh, this team really needs Mamadou Fall to be that guy uh, desperately because there's all these injuries and everything like that, and he has a youth and he can play all these matches that are that are gonna come up. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I like I like that he took the responsibility and everything like that. But I think hopefully, moving forward, um, his experience in Spain also helps him out here to be able to potentially, you know, limit those mistakes or errors, because that's that's it. right now that with this drought and everything going on with LAFC, they need they need to limit those, um, because eventually you don't want to you don't want to start falling too far down uh, down the table and everything like that. Um, Let's talk about... Uh, I, I feel like we have to switch things over. Um, and we got to talk about the Galaxy. Uh, Ricky Pooj is on a roll right now. Uh, he, he had that goal, the game-winning goal against LAFC. Um, but you and I, I think we needed to have a conversation about Ricky Pooj. Because to me, he deserved the initial criticism the first time, um, the last time LAFC and LA Galaxy faced when he took off his shirt, Right to me, the biggest thing I was like, can he do it or will he do it against 80,000 plus fans? And he did. And he did. We gave him the criticism, but I think we should also now give him the praise because he was the best player uh, uh, and now historic night. He stepped up. He was the best player. He was putting on a passing clinic um, and also finished off the night with, with the game winning goal.
1: You're absolutely right. He, he, he showed up. He responded to the criticism. He responded to all the talk. He showed up in the big moment, and he scored another big goal for Galaxy to win the game in front of eighty thousand people. It's uh, exactly what you what you would want if you're a Galaxy fan, and uh, you know he can go from villain to hero in that moment. Really, um, f- from an MLS you know wide perspective, because I-, I think that a lot of people agreed that it was uh, you know not the best move to take off his shirt in a U.S. Open Cup game against. Uh, a second team but if you're able to replicate the same thing against the first team and run the it wasn't just the goal right he ran the show all night he was the best player on the pitch by a country mile and so it it was the exclamation point on the performance that he put in all night at the Rose Bowl and uh, you know as he said after the game uh, he would have taken his shirt off had he not been (laughs) on four yellow cards ready for a suspension um, had he taken off that um and you know I, I heard a good debate on extra time about should that still be a rule should we still be giving out yellow cards for players taking off their shirt? No, I don't you want that so. moment. You want Ricky Pooch yeah. to take off his shirt in that moment, right? Um, but now he turned around, showed the back, showed his number, showed his name. Uh, yeah, I- incredible moment for Ricky Pooch and fantastic for him to to answer the critics.
0: Yeah, no, and look, and he was aware. He's smart at him. He was aware uh, of the four yellow cards. But uh, yeah, he said. Um, he said it in Spanish. He said "memoria de ganas." It was like I was dying to take off my shirt, you know. And um, but yeah, you could just see, just see him after the game and the smile and everything. Look, um, and I like players. I, you know, he's been very, very um, vocal and stuff like that. And to me, I, I don't, I don't have any problem when players are vocal, especially when they can back it up. Especially when they can back it up, because that, that to me is like, okay, you're hearing the criticism, you're bringing it up. And now, and you're stepping up to the plate, you know, and, and that's what you, I think that's what we want to see. We need more players like this in this league to be vocal and be willing to do that and step up to the plate and also step up in the in the biggest game of MLS, like uh, attendance record, right? Like the, the, that was the biggest game that MLS has ever had, uh, you know, uh, in terms of attendance and everything like that. And he showed out and he was the best player. And obviously not just that, that momentum had led him to this week. And he also had a banger, I believe they played against uh, Philadelphia. He had an absolute mm-hmm. banger outside the 18, and the Galaxy right now are currently on a roll, back-to-back wins. Uh, uh, you know, amazing, uh, amazing performances from Ricky Pooch and the rest of the gang. And it's almost kind of weird way because Chicharito went down. You know, the heart and soul of that team. But even with Chicharito, you're seeing Douglas Costa have a good, uh, starting to come up. You're seeing, you're seeing them win. You're seeing a different Galaxy in, in, that we haven't seen this season. I'm glad you brought this up, because this is what I wanted
1: to talk about on this podcast today about Galaxy, because I have always been one to say Chicharito is a fantastic captain. He's a great leader. He's always vocal. He's always, you know, the captain that you would want, whether he's performing on the pitch or not, his his off-the-field leadership has always been fantastic to me. But since he's gone down and been placed on season-ending IR, Galaxy have completely turned things around. It's allowed players like Costen and Boyd to flourish and shine. It has allowed Ricky Puj to get back into form. Like everything seems to be going right for Galaxy since Chicharito has gone down. And, you know, I, as somebody who has always said he's a great leader, it, it confuses me. But is it fair to say that is the reason why? You know, I think that is something that needs to be asked of these players. And, um it's an interesting I think game. it
0: is. I think. I think it, I think it is. A, is a very, very valid point. I also, I also recall Chicharito was also injured at the start of the season, the start of the year, um, and they weren't performing w- without him. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's weird that like now all of a sudden the guy in the groove right after he 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 got injured. And we'll we'll see what it is because like, I I don't know if they're still in thirteenth place or wherever they're yeah they're still thirteenth place, they got 20, 21 points. I mean they still got a, a ways uh, ways to go. Um, excuse me, they got twenty two points. Sorry, I'm over here looking at Mexico. Yeah, but they're still but
1: they got, they, three they, points they, off a playoff spot, right? Like that's that's how tight it is.
0: Yeah, they they they, they still got and look and they play Vancouver uh, this Saturday, Vancouver um uh, look Which if you beat lafc and philadelphia off. in the in the same week two teams that were in the final last year and two statement wins like no one's going to deny like they were the better team both both of those games and those are top teams in the mls um could this potentially be uh legality turning the page this season could it be and there's there's also rumblings that i don't know if this is uh if this is still going on but pizarro may join them Um, They're still trying to get more players to come in. They can bring on another player now that Chicharito or another DP now that Chicharito uh, is out for the year. So you add another player. Pizarro
1: would be. Yeah, Pizarro. Yeah, you add
0: another. uh,
1: It's an interesting one because uh, on the surface, you're thinking, like, why would they want a player like Pizarro to come in for a DP slot? Like, that doesn't make much sense. But then you see, well, Inter-Miami are going to be paying his contract. So all they're really doing is just giving the DP slot. They're not even paying for him. Uh, it's, it's turns out to be a great move in my opinion, if you're just using that DP slot, which you're not going to really be able to use, uh, on anybody else when you're galaxy, because you have those restrictions, um, right. Because of the Chris, Chris Klein stuff. So yeah, I I think that, but I think, um, I go back to me, it is all about Ricky Bougie. And that's why when he got the all-star selection, I was a bit critical because I think he is, you know, one of the most, if not the most talented player in the league, but I don't think he's necessarily been performing to that level all season. And I think it's very clear when he performs, Galaxy perform well. When he doesn't perform, uh, Galaxy don't perform. And, you know, the stats back that up as well. I, I He's played 20 matches this season. I, let me get the stat right. In the six games that he's had a goal contribution, four wins, two draws. The 14 matches in which he hasn't, one win, five draws, eight losses. Mm. When Ricky pruge gets a goal contribution, LA Galaxy don't lose. And that, is, and that is the thing. And when he doesn't, they don't win, basically. It, it really is that simple. So if he can continue in this form, I think that that is how Galaxy win. Obviously, he's their best player. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, his form and I think Costa and Boyd around him, the way that this is starting to uh, get back. And then if you can get Jalen Neal back after the Gold Cup, maybe you can solidify that defense a little bit more.
0: Yeah, look, and I'm with you. This team is only going to go like last year. Season, right uh, with Rick, because if this is the the turnaround table for for, for Galaxy and to keep the Kingdom momentum, looking you mentioned Douglas Costa, a player that's the, a lot of Gal- Galaxy fans have not really been a fan of, but now he's turned the page. He 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 had that amazing pass. I want to say to Tyler Boyd, which led to Ricky Pooch goal at, at, at the Rose Bowl. Uh, it was like, outside the foot with his left foot. And, uh, amazing pass. Uh, amazing pass. And that, like, you know, you're starting to see Douglas Costa, a, a different Douglas Costa we haven't seen uh, with the LA Galaxy starting to contribute in more ways than one and actually be able to play these games, be able to have an impact because before he wasn't having any sort, sort of impact. But now, um, we'll see, it's two games. It's two big games, though. It's two. It's not like they, they beat anybody from the bottom of the table. It was two massive clubs, two of the biggest clubs. Uh, they have some of the best, uh, you know, like I mentioned, top teams here. And it's going to be interesting if galaxy continue on this run continue winning because now this team has belief before uh before this year i didn't, i, didn't, I didn't, no one was believing it. it was it was tough to watch them it was it was brutal to watch them to be honest now' they're looking like a fun team to watch and a fun team to potentially watch for the rest of the summer and go down here towards towards the fall as well yeah i mean that's what i was telling you a month ago whatever
1: i was saying geo it looks bad right now but you know it can turn it around, and if if Vanny turns it around, he can get them back into playoffs. That they, that's how MLS works. It's always so tight. There's so many playoff spots. Obviously, that you can be horrendous for the first half of the year, but
0: if you can turn it around, you can make a run into playoffs. But the the this that the additional thing to that was that they finally got rid of Chris Klein and they got the fans back because yes. they were yes. they were not 100%. they would not be they would not be rolling this hot without their fans, hundred percent, even if no fans would have showed up, no record would have been broken. The biggest thing is that they got rid of Chris Klein and that's chuckled down all these effects. And I think since Chris Klein, they've had uh, a, a, like, I want to say a pretty good record uh, since that departure. And it's been pretty Mm -hmm. good. And look, the fans carry them. You saw after the game, after Ricky Pouge went to the, went to the, went to the fans section. My brother was actually over there doing the photography and he got some clips and stuff. And it was just the images and the pictures he was showing me. It was was just unreal. It was, it was, I was like, I haven't seen this galaxy play like this. I haven't all year like that, that win, the win against LFC might be the one to get them going. We'll see how far they go because you know, they still got a long way to go, but that uh, you need significant wins in the season and beating LAFC at the Rose Bowl is a significant win that gave you that belief and hope. And we saw it against Philadelphia and now we'll see what happens here moving on because things will get interesting and we have one more El Trafico uh, in September, I believe.
1: Yeah. And I think that Philly game is really important because not only uh, did you, as you mentioned, you know, it's the two teams from the final last year, it's two very good teams that you beat, but it shows that there's no hangover from that massive win against LAFC. Like Mm -hmm. normally when you have that type of win, you put so much energy and Steve Schrundel actually talked about this. When teams play LAFC, they generally lose the next game because they put so much energy into playing LAFC and trying to beat the defending champions. And of course, even more so when you're LA galaxy at the Rose bowl in the highest attended game ever, that type of atmosphere and adrenaline to, to then, Uh, you know, have to come down from that after and play the next game. A lot of times there's a hangover and a loss, um, but Galaxy used that momentum and built upon it rather than had that hangover. So I think that's a big um, just thing for them to to see and show that it's it's likely to continue rather than it's just like a one-off or something like that.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I I completely agree. Look, now I think it's going to be very interesting too. And then obviously now their leagues cup is coming because um, they're gonna they're gonna have a tough team they're gonna play León I think the León is, is is the first club that they play and that's that's not gonna be an easy game that's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough game um, Justin let's, let's switch things over let, let, let's talk about um, Gold Cup Gold Cup was crazy this weekend uh, we had Mexico beat uh, we had Mexico beat uh, Costa Rica and then US beat uh, Canada in in the in the, in the final final minutes went to PKs. talk to let's talk about the US men's national team let's talk about that what did you think of that performance uh and, and what you saw
1: yeah well as usual i was at another game i was at angel city i've i literally haven't been able to watch a single us game fully like i'm still i'm still watching it obviously while i'm watching the other game but uh yeah no it was um just not the best performance overall from the us a bit sloppy a bit um just tactically boring bland um but you know brandon vasquez coming up in the big moment in cincinnati what do you expect there 88th minute and you felt like oh there it is it's the winner but it wasn't of course canada ties it and then you go into extra time um and it goes the other way where canada scores (laughs) and you think okay they're probably gonna win nope us comes back and um and then after that it was uh I was sitting there in the, in the press box after the game, watching this, uh, with, with Andy and Scott. And, and I was like, Oh, this is penalties for sure. Now. Andy goes, no, it's Concacaf. calf. Just wait on it. But, but, uh, yeah, it was, and then, and then it does go to penalties and you think, well, Matt Turner has to come up and be the hero, right? He is, he is Matt Turner and he continues to be this penalty yeah. hero for the United States. That is, is the end result. Um, a little scuffle in, in the locker rooms after the game or in the tunnel yeah, there. that was interesting. Uh, as, that was as, interesting. Yeah. It looks like Richie Lorea was a little bit upset there uh, after the game, but you know, that, that emotion is what you like to see. Maybe not the tempers flaring, but uh, yeah, a, a big win for the U S to move on. Uh, I would have been a bad look to lo- lose in the quarterfinals. Um, But, you know, that was obviously a possibility. And I think the same thing can be said for Mexico. Both avoided that um, moving into the semifinals. uh, And it's going to be very interesting because I think that everybody just assumes when you come to these tournaments, like U.S.-Mexico, U.S.-Mexico. But um, both of them had tough quarterfinals and both of them will have tough semifinals.
0: Yeah, no, no, it was interesting. It was was more exciting at the end for the U.S.-Canada game. Obviously, PK's match under came up big. I was all watching that, and I was like, "Wow!" Like, um, that's what you expect from, from your number one goalkeeper, and what he, how lengthy he is, is what he's been doing, as well. Uh, it was a good game like that. Obviously, the Mexico game, I saw that it was a bit head scratching at first. That first half, obviously, they get the two goals. Uh, I believe they got the, yeah, they got both of the goals in the second half. Um, you know, they they had a better performance, um, and and I, you know, I, I liked the second half better than the first half. I like what they did, how they would have moved around. Or really not got the the PK. And obviously, Eric Sanchez, he got the goal from a run of play. And I think that we've, we, we haven't really seen too many goals from runner run of play from Mexico that you, you could essentially be proud of. And I think that was that was a good play on, on that second goal. Obviously, now Mexico moves on against Jamaica. And I think the U.S. is, a, is Panama, right? U.S. is playing Panama. Um, dominated uh, Qatar 4-0. Um, and I believe both teams are playing Wednesday. Do you both play on Wednesday? I Trying believe I think both I teams are US playing does. on Wednesday and I know the final is on Sunday at SoFi. Yeah. So we got the, we got the final here. We could potentially be seeing another another US versus Mexico final who would have thought? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Gold Cup it's like always oh, it tends always tends to be these two clubs or the, I mean these two teams nations. Um but yeah, I mean I mean to see it at SoFi it would be would, would be cuz I think the one thing you need in order for SoFi to be sold out you need Mexico, U.S. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think me- Mexico, Canada, or excuse me, Mexico, Panama, or Panama, let's say Panama, Jamaica, I don't know you're selling at that stadium.
1: Definitely, definitely not for Panama. Mexico, Panama, maybe, um, but definitely not U.S., Jamaica, not Panama, Jamaica. Mm.
0: Um, yeah, you know, but yeah, you know have obviously, definitely needs yeah, Mexico, you know, I always partner. Yeah, Mexico- way. Yeah, because they make the most money and everything like that. Look, yeah, if it, if it's Mexico, US, I think I'll, I'll definitely go. But if it's Mexico, I think I'll still go if Mexico goes to the final. Let me put it that way. Um, but if they don't, then it's gonna be because Jamaica's good. Jamaica is not. Jamaica's not very slouch. good.
1: Very good. Yeah, not a slouch at all. Yeah, very good. It'll. Be, I, I think that's the closer of the two semifinals. Personally, Mexico, Jamaica, I toss up to me. I. I'm leaning Jamaica, honestly, but um, I kind of want Mexico to win just so that we can, you know, have that Mexico-U.S. <laughs> at SoFi and we can be there. Me too. Um, yeah, but it, you know, it, it's that—that's—that's that's how we root as journalists. We don't root it for teams, but we root for having the the best experience as a journalist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that is that is 100 facts. Like I'm trying to I'm trying yeah. to watch the best. Probably. But I won't be mad if Jamaica make it because they they deserve. They, yeah, they no, I'd love to Mexico, see the Jamaica did, team they, too. Did, they they deserve it, um, but yeah, no that's that's gonna be interesting to watch here, here in the next couple of days. Who makes it out because these semifinals are not gonna be easy for for either nation, U.S. or Mexico. It's not gonna be easy. Panama they 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 brought they're bringing they're, they're this. I think it's the same team from Nations League, you know, and they finished fourth or yeah. whatever. Same thing same thing from Nations League. Jamaica's been hungry. They I mean they've they've had talent. They they've made it to Gold Cup. They've made it to Gold Cup finals. Or I think one Gold Cup final before. On um, there, I think they lost to Mexico. I was at that game like I want to say 2017 18, something around that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm very interested to see how this goes because as soon as this tournament ends, literally the next weekend, we got League Cup. It's like just right into it so much,
1: so much. And, and there's the MLS All Star game and there's Women's World Cup. MLS it's like awesome. all, it, it's all like right immediately at the same time, end of July. Like, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, we've come we've come a long way now, now. Yeah, I'm 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 very interested to see. I mean, obviously, you know the women's national team uh always has a always does pretty good. They always tend to win it for the most part. they go deep to the tournament. Um you've been going to Angel City games. You, you obviously know more more about the women's game. How favorite is is the the women's national team uh to win it this year? Where is it where where is it this year? Is it in Australia or is it
1: Yeah, Australia and New Zealand. Uh first time there's ever been a joint for the women's world cup. Um, so pretty cool there. And yeah, if you're an angel city fan, of course their captain, um, Allie Riley is also the captain of the New Zealand team. So she gets her home world cup. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to me because, oh yeah, the U S are still probably the favorites going in, but you know, in the past it's like they're clear favorites and it's almost like you expect them to win, especially in these past, you know, two world cups. Um, But I don't really feel that way anymore. I feel like there's, you know, five plus nations that have a real shot at winning this thing. And I think that's what's going to make this Women's World Cup so much fun is that, yes, you still have that confidence and that belief um, and a certain amount of expectation for the U.S. women's national team. But there's, uh, there's an understanding that the rest of the world has improved a lot over the past four years. Uh, and especially at that very top level. So I, I think that he there are some definitely some other teams in the running.
0: Fair enough. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I'll definitely try to catch a, a few games here with everything going on here and everything. Sometimes I'm like, I love watching uh obviously footy and everything, but sometimes I'm like, I need to like watch something else. <laughs> yeah. Just to get a just just to get a break sometimes. But uh yeah. I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna try, try to squeeze in some women's uh, world cup once I get started here.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the one time that everybody in the country is playing attention to women's football, I think. So uh, yeah. it's, yeah, it, it's a good time. And yeah, I think it'll be really, really fun. I, the one thing I obviously hate is that the NWSL decides to play through the World Cup. It's the only league in the world that decides to play through a major tournament like that. It's illogical, but um, they'll do it anyway. And uh, they'll miss all these, these World Cup players away. But yeah, if you're an Angel City fan, check out Alyssa Thompson. Check out Julie Ertz. Um, in end those games, but um, uh, just just because they played uh, against Wales and San Jose, Trinity Rodman two goals. I just have to say she needs to be starting in the World Cup. The if she's not starting, Vlatko's making a weird decision. But she she needs to be starting.
0: <laughs> well, look, well there you have it, guys. We, we've covered a lot today. Every everything going on. Uh, like I said, the summer's heating up. We got so much more coming um, here this next couple of weeks with everything going on. So for Justin, this is Gio. I'll we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.